0: I'm trying to decide how we want to kick this thing off this morning, but uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we've been doing this, uh, this book, it's a, it's a study that Kent and I had been working on, um, and we've been doing it the last two weeks, and this is the third week, and uh, if you have a book, um, you can open it up to, I think it's page 22, and you'll see the sermon notes for this week, but if you don't have a book, there's some uh, out, in the, out in the foyer, uh, you can grab one after service if you want to look over it. But you see, we have we've went through some, some different things, and I was, I was joking with my, with my aunt last night, and uh, I've said every single Sunday whenever I walked out here that this was my favorite subject to talk about. And I'm going to say it again today, even though this is the third one, okay? I'm not even saying that I've got a new favorite every time, but I'm just going to say that's my favorite because I really think that it's all one. The more that I talk about this stuff, even in the, I've been teaching, a started last week a Wednesday night class talking about this material, and I found that the more that I talk about this, the more that this term keeps coming out of my mouth and I'm trying to figure out what it means, but it's real Jesus. We're not talking about a Jesus uh, that that the American church has made him out to be. We're talking about the authentic Jesus. We're talking about the one who's really written in the scriptures. And uh, today, you'll notice that our title is Discover. And whenever I was writing all this, I really had in mind spiritual gifts. But you see, spiritual gifts are potentially one of the most controversial, the most confusing, and the most misunderstood Uh, things that are written about in the Bible. There's nothing, I don't think, any more heavily debated than what the spiritual gifts are and what they're about. Um, But really, I believe that God has given us things. God has given us giftings. He has given us various things that are supposed to be what we use to operate in this life. Does that make sense? These things that are so controversial and and really what I want you to do is I want you to right now just close your eyes for a second and I want you to think about everything that you've ever been taught, you've ever been said about spiritual giftings and I want you to throw it out of your mind, okay? Because I want you to be open-minded about this. Now after we're done today, I want you to think about everything, think about different stuff that you've been taught and how it all aligns. But we're going to go in a different direction uh, today than than what's taught about most of the time. And really, I was thinking about this last night, and if you don't come into church asking questions, then you don't even know what information you're looking for. It's a lot harder to learn if you don't have questions or you don't have things that you're anticipating. And. In this song that we were just singing, it's talking about the Jesus who walked on the waters. It's talking about the Jesus who healed people. It's talking about all these various things. And uh, I feel like sometimes we say, you know, like let's say for instance that, you know, I'm in the hospital, okay? And I say, man, I really wish that Jesus was here because he could walk in this room and he could heal me And I could walk out of here. And uh, I think that we have been asking and saying and speaking with our mouth that we wish Jesus was here, but we're going to understand something today. We're going to understand that Jesus said that it's better that he's not here. And I'm telling you, you see, the the, the problem is, is that It's okay in the United States, it's okay in this world to talk about Jesus, as long as you only keep him inside the box. But once you start getting into the realms of power, you start getting into the realms of authority, and you start realizing who this Jesus really is, that's whenever it starts to be controversial. You can't say that here. You can't say that Jesus is able to heal me. You can't say that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that if Robert had a broken arm, that he could come up here and we could pray for him and his arm could be mended. That's controversial. You can't say that. And we're, and we're going to talk about this today. But I want you to turn with me, if you don't mind, to John 14. And I'm going to go ahead and pray first before we, we get going. Father God, we come to you this morning. And Father, I pray that, that we came into your house this morning approaching you with an open mind. And Father, I pray that we really believe with our heart that if we walked in here with intention and with purpose, that we will not leave this church the same way that we walked in. Because this isn't just going to be another ritualistic Sunday, Lord, but this is going to be a Sunday where you empower and you speak to your people. And Lord, that we hear your voice. And Father, we ask that, that your Holy Spirit would be in this place. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And Lord, we open our hearts and our minds to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess I should go ahead and turn there myself, huh? I want you to go to uh, John fourteen nine. I take that back, verse 12. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for it, me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you, and now and later will be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each one of them. See, the, the thing is is that we don't talk about this. Because we talk about, man, I, I wish Jesus was here, and I could, I could be healed, I could do this, I could do that. But it's almost controversial to what the American church teaches today, that it's better that Jesus isn't here. Do you get that? He, he, he's telling us that it's better that he's not here because he is leaving us with the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is now something uh, that is also controversial, unfortunately. Because we have denominations who say, you know, if you don't speak in tongues, that you're not saved. And we have denominations that say that all of the giftings of the Holy Spirit went out with the apostles. They were the only ones that could have those. And we have them that cram the Holy Spirit down your throat. And we have them that don't pay any attention to them at all. But see, we, we got it wrong. Because Jesus is saying with his words that this advocate, this comforter, this, this is someone who is going to be better for you? Because you see, Jesus could be here in this church. And yes, he can still heal people. Yes, he can still do all these things. But he can only be here. And he can't be with all the other church services that are going around in Lamar. <laughs> Jesus can't be in Liberia and Albania where we're getting ready to go. He's here with us. So how can he be preparing the way for us to go if He's here. But you got to realize that whenever Jesus says that this is better, not only is he saying that the Holy Spirit is better because all of us can have it at the same time, but he's also saying it's better because he is trusting us to keep doing the works that he was doing with the power of the Holy Spirit. But see, if we start thinking about spiritual giftings, what happens a lot of times is, is we've, we thumb through them, right? If you look in First Corinthians 12, you know we thumb through all these and we say, you know, I think that's something that I would like to do. Or something who I think that I am. You know, I think I'm a teacher. I think I'm a prophet. I think I'm this, that, and the other. But see, the Holy Spirit is one. I really believe this with everything that I have. That people want the giftings, but they don't know how to get them. Because we pursue the giftings and not the giver. You see, in in our doctrine, okay, I will never, almost never refer to doctrine, ever. Okay? But in our doctrine, we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But see, the American church, we only talk about God the Father and God the Son. We don't even uh, understand the Holy Spirit. We call him the Holy Ghost, but the truth is that the only ghost that he is with us is because he's non-existent because we're not pursuing him. This Holy Spirit is someone who has to be pursued. And, And really, we get it wrong in our context because we say, well, I want to know the Holy Spirit more. I want to know more of his voice. But I'm telling you that if you want to know the Holy Spirit more, that's an inappropriate statement. You have to be willing to give yourself to him. Because see, we, all we know is how to obtain. We know how to try to get. We know how to go after. But we don't know how to give to. And Jesus is the same way. You know, whenever we start following him, we give ourselves more to him. And that's how we know him and more intimately. And the Holy Spirit is no different. Someone who needs to be pursued. We even say, you know, a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is just Jesus' presence. But the Holy Spirit is what Jesus was operating in. And he is leaving this with us to have the same spirit that he had. That we can continue to do the same and as his own word says, even greater works than he because he gave it to us. I want you to pay attention to, to a passage of Scripture, and this, this came to my mind. In, uh, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 5, it says that in, in the last days, there will be a church who has a form of godliness, but denies power. And that's what we have. And it's not because, it's because we haven't pursued the Holy Spirit We think that all we need is Jesus and God, but see, the Holy Spirit is what we should be operating in in order to pursue God, and not only to know Him more, but to give ourselves more to Him. Because the more, uh, the less that I am, the more that He has the ability to go and to operate in me. Because, you see, we, we pick and choose at the spiritual gifts. You know, we may be okay with prophecy, but we may not be okay with speaking in tongues. And uh, to me, that comes down to pride. Because I'm only willing to operate in these few because they fit within my comfort zone rather than being open and being receptive to the whole Holy Spirit. It's different. And you see, we've only preached a a section of the Holy Spirit. Whenever we're just talking about giftings, we're just completely ignoring who He is. There's a passage of Scripture in Acts that Uh, It's coming to my mind, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but I believe it was Paul and Silas. They were thinking about going somewhere, and this passage of Scripture says that it seemed good to them and to the Holy Spirit. They had such communion. They had such a relationship with the Holy Spirit that it seemed good to both of them that they go. We don't talk like that. We don't talk in a way like, well, I think I'm supposed to do this, so I'm just going to go. But we're not uh, intermingling, I guess, for a lack of a better word, with the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, He is someone who needs to be pursued. But we live in a church today, who was already prophesied about in the Bible, I might add, that has a form of godliness. We have a form of good things that we like to do. It looks good. But it has no power. Because we can do anything in this world that we want to do. But only by pursuing the Holy Spirit can we do the things that God's called us to do. And everything that you do that's outside of the call of God in your life is worthless. If you're not operating by the Holy Spirit, you're not listening to His direction, and you're not giving yourself more to Him, all of the good things that we're doing are worthless. And to go a step further, whenever we, uh, whenever we go to heaven, all of the things that God never called us to do, that may even seem like good things, all of the things that he never called us to do will be cut off and thrown in a pile and burned. It could be your, <laughs> your whole life's work, but I'm telling you, you can spend your whole life doing good things and not be doing God things. But you see, I'm, uh, I'm ready, and I'm excited because I'm ready for a church that's ready to pursue the Holy Spirit because I'm tired of living in a world where the church will surrender to man but not surrender to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it's time for the church to get loud again. It's time for the church to have the authority again. And it's time that we stop uh, submitting ourselves to people who have no authority over us. And it's not until we wake up and we get loud and we get excited and we're up, as uh, Chip Brim says, that we're a polar. We're someone who comes into the presence of God And longs and dwells and pulls his presence into our life, because he's someone who has to be pursued. You see, we've got it all wrong. And let me give you an example. Let's. uh, And I I may be no expert because I haven't even been married for a year yet. (laughs) But we're going to use marriage as an example because this is the most practical way that I can think of comparing this. And maybe the ladies can help me out uh, since I'm. You know, pretty new to the game, I guess you could say. And uh, so here's my example. A lot of times a husband will say, you know, I want a better relationship with my wife. But, uh, you know, we can say that, and we can really mean it when we say it. But the question is, how do you have a better relationship with your wife? Ladies, if... (laughs) Does a man saying that he wants to know you, you know, does that make your relationship better? Or does the man giving himself more to you draw your relationship closer? Jojo's nodding over there. I got one. I got one backing me. Because you see, it. John Gray said this at the Stronger Men's Conference. And he said that what you, what Like John was talking about, what seed you plant into your marriage is what you're going to sow. And you see, if I want to know my wife more, I give myself more to her. I don't just say I want to know her more. I physically do things to give myself more to her. If you want to make your wife's day, what do you do? For every man, it may be different. You know, maybe throwing a load of laundry in the washer. Maybe that's the simplest way. To give yourself more to her. Maybe it's like my wife loves uh, drinks at Sonic. You know? If I want to make her day, I could take her, while she's working at Barton County, I could take her a drink and then make her day. But by giving myself more to her, by offering myself more to her, being more open to her, by giving more to her, that's how our relationship gets better. And the Holy Spirit is no different because we spend too much time playing with other things. We spend too much time focused on other things than pursuing this Holy Spirit. Another thing that was said at the Stronger Men's Conference is that it's great to sit here and to listen, to have information, to get information. But there's a lot there's a big difference between knowing about something and knowing something knowing something is true because information's great but it doesn't you no know good unless you do something with it and see the truth is is that i talk about satan's deception a lot and i really got to thinking about this the other night and i really believe that one of the ways that he is now deceiving our church is because A guy said this at the conference, too, and he said, you know, Satan can even hold the door open for you on the way here. And I'm not talking bad about our hospitality greeters. (laughs) All right? I'm not talking bad about them. But what I'm saying is, is that Satan will literally hold the door open for you on the way to church. But it's not until you start tapping into the power that he starts to get a little bit worried. Because we come here, and we hear a little bit about God, and we think, okay... I'm good. I'm going to leave now. Landon, stop talking. I'm trying to leave. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Because having just a taste of it, makes, it think so, makes us think that we have it. It's just like a marriage. You know, you can be legally married to your wife, but you two not be in love. Because we can have a taste of something and think that the relationship's okay, and we can walk around and keep continuing with our day, and it's really not. And one day it all comes crumbling down. And your relationship with God is no different. Because we're pursuing the Holy Spirit in a way that we want to come in and just get a little bit of something, get a little better feeling about ourselves to where we can walk the rest of our day and never even consider Him. But you see, if we're talking about discovering purpose, we're talking about discovering the Holy Spirit. And He's someone that has been ignored by the American church not considered at all and just like a wife how do you think that makes him feel we got to stop approaching the Holy Spirit incorrectly and like I said the reason that this topic is so confusing spirit, like if we're talking about spiritual gifts the reason that it's so confusing is because we're talking about the gifts that we want to have and not the giver if you want the gift of prophecy, forget it. Pursue the Holy Spirit. And eventually, you may prophesy. If you want to speak in tongues, don't worry about it. Pursue the Holy Spirit. Because here's what I believe about spiritual gifts. And, and I very well could be wrong, and I'm going to put Gary in charge of smacking me if I get out of line. Okay? But the deal is, is that I believe that spiritual gifts are very situational. Because we may be in a situation where we need one gifting to operate in to show God's love to somebody else. And we may be in a different situation later that we need to show God's love to someone in a different way. Because here's what's confusing about the spiritual gifts. Everyone gets worried about, well, how do I fit in? And, and, and do I have this gifting? And, and, and am I this? Or am I that? Or am I the other? And you've got to forget about that. Because here's a scripture that you need to hang on to. Write it down. Mark onto it. Highlight it. First Corinthians twelve seven. In 12.7 it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Because you see, uh, for too long spiritual gifts have been something that, that divides the church. But you see, all of these giftings are, were created and intended to unify each other, to encourage each other, to build each other up but they've been a topic of division and really i think it comes down to pride but the reason that they're situational is because with everything that you are you know you can believe that you're a teacher but there's times where ministry is going to then the situation is going to call you to step out of out of your box of teaching and operate in a different gifting just because something isn't your primary focus doesn't mean that, uh, that you still can't be used in that area. And if we're going to be a body, you know, there's times where my knee hurts and i got to rely more on my left leg than my right leg. And there's times where our primary gifting, uh, where, where we feel comfortable, I guess is what I'm going to call primary gifting, where we feel comfortable isn't always uh, what we need because we're going to see things where we may need to operate in a different gifting in order for the church to be unified. Because whenever we approach spiritual gifts, we approach them with the intention of, well, I want to do this or I want to do that. But let me tell you something, what I'm doing down here, when I'm preaching down here, whenever no one else can see me, is going to be seen up here what you're serving down here is what's going to be shown in the light. There's a scripture about that somewhere. Ask Joel. <laughs> but we want to we focus so much on getting the giftings that are that are up here. We want to what I do, what I serve, I want it to be seen by everyone. But that's not the purpose. That's not the point because you see Jesus came to serve. Not to be served. And what you do, how you operate, you can really tell how much someone knows the Holy Spirit by their fruits of their life. And there's even scriptures there in the sermon notes where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit and all this different stuff. But what you are doing when no one's looking is going to define what you do when everyone's watching. Because God's anointing isn't uh, grabbed and pulled whenever I'm standing up on stage approaching God. God's presence and his anointing on my life comes whenever. There's no one here, no one can see you, and you're praising and you're believing and you're reading your word and you're digging in, pursuing him. The anointing isn't just something that we can turn on and off. We can't just come into church and expect that everything's great and our relationship with the Lord is good, but not talk to him again until next Sunday. Are you with me? Yes. Come on now. Right, and I really believe that you're going to operate and only operate at the level that you're willing to give. The, the, the amount that I'm willing to give, the amount that I'm willing to serve is going to determine how far that I go. Your, your gifting, your business, your whatever it is, is only going to go as far as you're willing to serve God in it. And we have too many things in the church anymore that are that are good things on the surface. But there's no God inside of them. And until we start pursuing this Holy Spirit, we're going to continue to walk around and be the powerless church that's prophesied in the Bible. We're going to be a part of that. But it isn't until you say, hmm, there's a reason that Jesus said that it would be better that he is not here. Because there's something that he's given you, something that he's left you that needs to be pursued. Because there's a passage of Scripture, and it even says it down here at the bottom in 1 Corinthians, where we're talking about desiring the gifts. But there's also a a passage of scripture that talks about, and it says, do not quench the spirit. Don't quench it. And that to me is evidence that the Holy Spirit can be quenched in your life. You can make him be quiet in your life. But I'm telling you that one day whenever you get to heaven and you're standing before the judgment seat, you're going to be held accountable for quenching him. Because he's not someone who wants to be quenched. He's someone who wants to to walk and to to love and to teach and to encourage and to comfort and to do all the things that are listed in the Bible. But you see, we're we're quenching him in our lives by not allowing him to operate, by not opening ourselves up to him and being vulnerable before him. That would be like, you know, if you uh, were married and you're holding hands with your wife, walking down and... And you see someone turn the corner and you drop hands and act like you're not even affiliated. You know, it's a, it's a cute, cute joke. But how many times have we done that? You know, my affiliation with Jesus, it's hidden whenever the situation isn't just absolutely perfect. Whenever I'm uh, in church, you know I feel comfortable being open and being vulnerable before God, but whenever I'm in front of the people who don't know a lick about Jesus, that's whenever I start to hide my faith. But you see what you've done. <laughs> what you've done here, when you're pursuing Christ, is going to be how bright that He shines through you whenever you are in front of all those people who don't know a lick about Him. Because spiritual gifts are meant to encourage and there's gifts that are meant to bring new people into the church and there's gifts that are, that are meant to do all of these different things and to lead believers to Him and to encourage each other and to do all these different things. But until we're operating in them as the church is going to continue to be powerless. And I hope this makes sense because there is nothing... Aside from accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing more important than you can do than receive the Holy Spirit. You want to talk about the Holy Spirit and people saying that he's not important and all this different stuff, and it's just the presence of God whenever you worship. I want you to think about this. Whenever Jesus was being crucified, what happened to his disciples? They denied him. They abandoned him. They left him alone. But did you realize that most of his disciples ended up dying for him? So by the power of the Holy Spirit was was the only thing different. They went from denying Christ to dying for Christ. And until we're operating in this, we're the same powerless people that they were whenever they're just sitting in a room sobbing because Jesus is gone. Because for too long, we've sat and just said, man, I wish Jesus was here. But the thing is that Jesus, whenever they finally received the Holy Spirit, then they started walking out in power. The same man who denied Jesus three times was the man who went up and dressed the crowd and led thousands of people to him. Because the boldness that's talked about in that scripture uh, in Acts 4.29, he's praying for boldness. He's praying for strength. And it's only by that po- the power of the Holy Spirit that he received it. And I'm telling you, if you're trying to be a Christian in this world today without the power and without the anointing and without seeking the Holy Spirit, you're not going to do it. We get washed out. We get burnout, We get all these different things. But whenever you're listening intently to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's going to change the way that you live your life. And uh, you would think that I would talk more about the gifts today, and they're all important but they're so miscommunicated that there's a lot of barriers that have, have developed. You know, we talk about them this way. And we say, you know, you need to have this gift. And you need to have this or that or the other. But the truth is, is that whenever we are open and receptive to the Holy Spirit, that's whenever He's going to move in our life. Because, you, you see, you, you have a choice. You have a choice if you... Uh, Want to follow the Spirit or if you want to ignore it. But I'm telling you that even back to our doctrine, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which puts them on equal platforms, He is equally important. And until we receive that, until you're willing to accept that, that it's a choice. That even though that I chose Jesus doesn't mean that I chose the Holy Spirit. Until you understand that, you're going to continue to operate at the same level that you are now. Because Kent was talking this morning. He was talking about how in Acts there was uh, instances where, uh, I think it was Peter and John had had understood, uh, got word back, that this church had been, uh, that this body of people had been led to Jesus. But they hadn't been led Uh, And accepted the Holy Spirit. So they went to them and made sure that they understood hey, this Holy Spirit is real. And he asked them, he goes, you know, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And they say, we didn't even know there was such a thing. So that means that it's possible to accept Christ and not accept the Holy Spirit. And unless you've made that choice, you're most likely not operating in his giftings. And see, where I think we get into trouble, especially when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, is that, do you realize that there's fruits of the Spirit, and there's gifts of the Spirit? And the two are not opposite of each other. You know, whenever I feel that Peter and John looked at the man at the gate beautiful, they looked at him intently. I believe that they looked at him with love. They looked at him and wanted to see him have joy. They didn't do it out of the pride of, well, I want to heal this man. They did it out of the love and compassion for a brother that they saw on their way to church. And it's different. The, the two are the same. Because it even says in, in the, if you're looking at 1 Corinthians 12, is obviously one of, most, uh, one of the most common places to look for the gifts. And then you got 13. And you get 14 where it goes into the giftings a little bit more. But in the middle there, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter. And he says the greatest of all of these gifts, the greatest of everything, is to have love. And to show love. Because our giftings are not separate from love. And how we operate in our gifts should be operated in love. Because the gifts are from what? First Corinthians twelve seven To help each other. To encourage each other. Not to live this life alone. But to continue to build and to encourage each other. That not just me grows in faith. That me grows in spiritual giftings. That me gets to be on stage. That me gets to sing on the worship team. That me gets to do this, that, and the other. But it's only by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit that I am able to operate in the gifting of love And by operating in love, there's a whole lot of giftings that are going to come as a result of that. But see, this isn't what's talked about. And we've talked a lot about a real Jesus, who he really is, what he really came to do. And I'm certain by our discussions that the real Jesus, what he came, we see all the the stuff that he did, but he did it all out of love did it all he came for a people and left the 99 to pursue the one not out of spite of losing one but out of spite of of loving one That he doesn't just love uh, a group of people that he loves the people individually God doesn't just love oakton church this morning he loves you individually and the same love that he shares is the same love that he's looking to get back And we don't praise God. We don't worship God because we have to. We don't worship Him because He needs our worship. But we worship Him because He's worthy of our praise. We get to worship Him. And because of everything that He's done for us, why would we not spend our lives loving and serving Him? And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you're going to be able to do that today what I'm telling you is don't quench the Spirit. Because a person who is open to the things of God is going to see things unfolding. I got to, uh, there was this uh, girl the other day. I was dealing with a, a situation and I was talking with these people and uh, I was trying to help them. And I see this, I see this girl walks up and these people, what they're needing is a ho- they're wanting a hotel room. And I was trying to figure out through the church and stuff how to help them and all this different stuff. And this this, this lady walks up to me and she says, and it, it was awesome, because this is my heart's desire. Because I, I saw this girl walk up, okay? She's 16, 17 years old maybe, maybe 18. And, she, uh, and these guys are, are really good people, I think, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in ministry and that kind of stuff, but they're walking all around and uh, walking across the country just proclaiming the gospel and uh this girl walks up to me and she says i want to i want to get the hotel room I want to help them I want to do these things and uh what i and I was going to say no you know we're we're going to do it through the church and all that stuff and I had every opportunity just to say no we'll we'll take care of it." But I wasn't about to steal that girl of her blessing. And she came up, and it was funny because I used to do the exact same thing. You know, the Holy Spirit starts coming on you, and sometimes you get nervous, and you get butterflies in your stomach, and your hands start shaking a little bit whenever you're getting ready to do something outside your comfort zone, and the Holy Spirit's moving you. And I see this girl come up, and she's talking to me about how she wants to help these people. And I happen to look down, and I just see her hands, and they're just... Doing this, you know, just shaking. And I I recognized all this is going on. And uh, we end up, you know, I just made sure, basically I just backed off. And I just made sure it was a safe environment. That's all I did. But I watched this girl grow in faith because she was listening intently to the Holy Spirit who told her to help those people. And I can't wait to see how she grows as a result of that. But until we become a people who are not only pursuing the Holy Spirit, but are aware of what's going on around us is whenever our giftings are going to unfold. Because you see, that girl's main spiritual gift may not have been giving, but the Holy Spirit prompted her to give out of love. Because this is different. We're not taught this. But I'm telling you is that whenever you're pursuing whenever you're loving, whenever you're running after the Lord, all of this other stuff is going to come into place. And I'm not telling you that you shouldn't pursue the gifts of the Spirit. What I'm telling you is that you should pursue them out of the right motives. Is it to serve the Lord, or is it to glorify yourself? That's the difference. I believe that that a church that's operating by the gifting of the Holy Spirit is going to be a church that's unapologetic. Amen. We're going to be a church who doesn't keep our Jesus inside a box. We're not going to be a, a people who hide Him whenever things are uncomfortable. We're not going to be a people who back down whenever someone says that what we're teaching is contrary to our culture. And the only way that you're going to be able to stand in boldness is if you do what Peter did and receive the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how long you walked with Jesus. It doesn't matter how many miracles you've seen him do. If you're not operating in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be just as powerless as he was. And whenever trial and tribulation comes, you're going to deny him. But it was only by the Holy Spirit that he was able to stand up in front of the crowd and lead thousands to to Jesus. So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity today If you haven't made that choice, first of all, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, meaning that you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, to turn from from the things that we were doing and follow Him with intention, then you need to do that first. The second thing is that if you have not received the Holy Spirit, today's your day. Because there's no more walking around as a powerless Christian but it's time that we tap into authority, that we tap into the power that Christ left us because he said that it's better that he goes so that we could have this. And if you don't have it, then you're going to continue to be powerless. So if you want to do that and you don't know how, I'll be happy to pray with you. you know, But most of it is just giving yourself to him. Come up to the altar. There's something about putting uh, action to your faith, Stepping out of your comfort zone. Walking up here and praying and saying, Lord, I want to receive your Holy Spirit. I'd be happy to pray with you if you want me to. But it's a choice that you have to make. I can't help you make it. You have to make it on your own. Okay? And the third thing is, the last question on there says, what is quenching the Spirit in your life? Maybe you've received Jesus. Maybe you've received the Holy Spirit. But how are you quenching Him? What things in your life are you making it to where it's hard for the Holy Spirit to operate? Because I think most of that comes out of pride. It's my own personal uh, thought, but there's a lot of things that can hinder the Spirit. And what are those things hindering the Spirit in your life? Okay?